Hello and welcome to the new Dublin GA podcast show. I'm Kieran Whelan. Over the next few months, we'll talk all things Dublin GA as Jim Gavin and the boys in blue embark on another summer journey in the race to retain the Sam Maguire Trophy. Yes, it may only seem like a couple of months ago since Stephen Cluxon went up the steps of the Hogan stand to collect Sam Maguire, but the summer months are now upon us and it's time to do it all again. And Dublin can break once again with Alan Brogan picking up his first possession all the way down to his younger brother Bernard. Back to Alan again. Two former footballers of the year, the Brogans. Has options right and left. Needs to make his mind up. And his mind was made up to kick it with his left and to boot it over the bar. What an introduction. The hill erupts. Sea of blue and navy there. Ready to salute a point by Alan Brogan to see Dublin four ahead. Joining me today for the very first Dublin GA podcast show is a legend of the game. He came into the Dublin dressing room in 2002 as a cheeky little teenager and recently brought down the curtain on his illustrious career after last year's All-Ireland final victory. Along the way, he's, he has experienced a roller coaster of being a Dublin footballer, but he retires a legend with three All-Ireland medals, 11 Leinster medals and three All-Stars. I'm delighted to welcome Alan Brogan. Brogy, great to have you here for the first ever Dublin GA podcast show. Yes, yeah, good to be here. Is there no official name for it yet, no? No, uh, you know, it's actually the first one, so we haven't really got around to that. Have you any suggestions for us? Uh, what about wheeling in the ears? <laughs> the famous old wheeling in the ears. Yeah, that was supposed to be the book, without the, but the last chapter's missing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that one might stick, you know, maybe that one might stick. But listen, great to have you. Um, how has been retirement since you, in the last couple of months since you've... Uh, brought your curtain down your career yeah it's been good yeah it's good to get a bit of time back obviously back playing a bit with the club now so I'm enjoying that um, been in to see see a few of the games to be honest I've no real regrets so far I think I think the way it ended for me last year was a bit of a fairy tale so um, maybe come the summertime now as the grass gets a little bit shorter now and the sun comes out that's what I might start to uh, wish I was out there but so far so good so what's the intention of the summer? Take up a seat in the Hogan stand or, or on front of the TV? It'll be, it's hard the first year to go back into that environment, I suppose, and sit in the stand when you're away from it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will be. But look, I think I'm, I, I, I'm, I've been very fortunate that that we managed to win the All-Ireland mid last year. And I think, for want of a better phrase, I've kind of made my peace with it. And, and look, I'm sure the stage is when, when the dubs are coming down to home straight in August or September that I'd feel I could maybe offer a helping hand. But... Um, for now, I'm happy enough. And now I'll certainly be in the Hogan stand in, in, in the summertime, yeah. Yeah, well, listen, great career. And I suppose, you know, purpose of today is to, you know, go back over those great years. Um, I suppose it, it started, and I certainly recall, you know, you coming in the dressing room in 2001. Um, you know, you've had a super career over those years. Um, you know, when you go back to those days, and you, and you spoke when you retired about sitting in the Hogan stand with looking at John O'Leary in 1995, and, and, and that was the dream, you know, was... was, was Football and natural talent for you was it something you had to work hard on, you know, or was it something was that dream already there? Were you were you, were you that strong player coming through? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's, uh, I suppose that's for people to say how good I was when I was a when I was a kid or whatever. But for me, like football and Dublin football in particular was was kind of immersed in the family. So it was always a dream of mine to play for Dublin. And we obviously went to Dublin matches when we were kids. My uncle was was involved as. A, a, as a selector in, in those years in 95 from 91 to 95 my dad had obviously played so it was a huge part of our life whether I ended up playing for Dublin or not um, I suppose I'm just one of the fortunate ones that, 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 that I suppose that gave me a bit of confidence as well that, that my dad had played and I was kind of wouldn't say I was sure of myself no but pressure on you to follow in his footsteps no I never felt the pressure anyway he was he was a different position than I was so I suppose people couldn't compare us like for like so that probably helped yeah. Um, in 
to minimise and pressure. But and when you look at in terms of you know a lot of people now in the modern game saying you know small players can't make it, and I suppose when you came in two thousand one. You know, firstly, under Tommy Carr's time, the, the latter part of that season, he brought you in to have a look at you. You know, I looked at you and I thought, you know, if I, if I run over this fella, you know, I'll flatten him. You know, you were small in stature at the time. Um, you know, was that something that concerned you or did you, you know, was it something that you had to be conscious of throughout your career to do things differently? Yeah, I think the game at the time was a little bit different. Like, I think if I was starting now, I'd probably struggle a little bit with, with what kind of the size I was. Like, I'd say when I started then, I was probably only... Ten and a half, eleven stone, like which compared to yourself was pretty lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, you said in some of the programs you were six foot, which was absolute rubbish, yeah, by the way. No, six foot two and <laughs> six foot two and thirteen and a half stone. One was I never got to six foot two, and I never got to thirteen and a half stone. Um, but yeah, yeah. I suppose but you had to adapt your game, I suppose. Yeah, like, you know, I suppose like my game was always based on evasion, and I think if you look at someone, you know, like. Probably the Gooch is the most obvious other example. Like he's obviously slight in stature, and and, and um, when the weights kicked in, as 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 you know, over the years, I was never a big fan <laughs> of the gym, and I think other lads that I played will testify to that as well. So yeah, I kind of relied on on speed and agility to 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 stay out of those big collisions, and it's probably unavoidable now because everyone's so big. Whereas back then, I was probably marking cornerbacks that were maybe maybe uh, maybe a similar size to me. Whereas now you have the likes of the likes of Philly McMahon and these guys who were all knocking around. Yeah. So if you think if, if you were starting off fresh now again coming into the Dublin dressing room as a 19, 20 year old, it would be a different challenge? I think I would, yeah. I think I would have to invest in in, in weights a lot more than I did probably over 10 or 12 years. Um, and there's no question I think it is a much more physical game now. So I suppose let's go back to the start. Dublin Minor, 1999. Uh, first chance to play on the big big stage, I suppose. You, you had a reasonably good year. You were Leinster champions. Um, you, you played down an all in semi-final, I suppose, beating in a replay. Uh, we'll all remember that great goal from right half-back, I suppose, uh, that, that year. Um, that was obviously the start of your inter-county career. Um, Rumour has it you missed a game along the way to a broken arm, but, but was that an injury that you picked up on the on the field of play? Yeah, no, that that was a very unfortunate accident, <laughs> which <laughs> which I think the less said the better about that. Yeah, it wasn't one of my finer moments. So what did happen? Oh, you couldn't reveal. <laughs> but I suppose, listen, it's the stepping stone when you when you you know from minor after that you stood out that day. And I suppose the interesting thing was you were playing number five. And I suppose when you originally came into the the Dublin panel, yeah, Tommy Carr probably looked at you as a halfback. And it wasn't really until I suppose Tommy Lyons in two thousand and two that you 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 moved to the full forward line where where you obviously made your career after that. But had you played all your underage football in, at wing back at that stage? Yeah, probably had, particularly at at. at um with Dublin, I had certainly under 15 to 16 development squads. I'd been either a cornerback or a wingback. First year minor was a wingback. And then, yeah, it wasn't until Tommy's first year that, that that he tried me as a forward in a training game. And and I got a few scores. I think we played Clare the next day out in Nate And he put me in corner forward that day and I got a few scores. So I suppose the rest after that is history. I never got back to the half-back line again, thank God. <laughs> so 2002 then was obviously the huge breakthrough year. You were you were in college at the time, I suppose, down in, in Maynooth. You were mingling with some of the future stars of the game at that stage, the Marks O'Shea and the Ross Munley and Colin Parkinson's. Good years in Maynooth, I suppose. Good good, good stories. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. And we probably didn't realise at the time how strong we were. Um, you mentioned a few of them there. And Rory Kavanagh was there as well. Barry Cahill, obviously Declan Lally. So we had a we had a really strong team, and we probably should have done better. I think we got to a semi final over Sigerson. Um, we we probably should have won one. But um, and I suppose most people don't know you won a Kildare under twenty one championship medal. 
Yeah, I did. I actually forgot about that until you reminded me. Yeah, I lost the final as well the previous year. <laughs> Moorfield beat his famous Clare club, beat us in the final the previous year. So, um, yeah, it's probably the only championship medal I have, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> only club one, really. Only club one, only club we get, one. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. But I suppose, listen, 2002 was... was was the big breakthrough year um, you know even from my perspective we, we'd been six or seven years in, in the doldrums and, and, and we needed an impetus of, of new blood coming through and um, you know when you, when you reflect on your career I suppose you, you look at it in two halves possibly you know the, the good half and the bad half if you want to call it that but 2002 was a significant breakthrough year obviously it was your, your, your first big year in, 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 in the senior team you made your debut in Wexford uh, I know Ireland had played Cameroon that morning and there was you know certainly plenty of boisterous supporters around the place by that evening but we got over Wexford in the first round but the Tommy Lyons influence at that stage and, and, and in terms of you as a young guy how did you, how did you how did you view Tommy Lyons when he came in and took over that that that, that role as manager? Yeah, I think in fairness to Tommy, he, he probably things didn't end up well for him in two thousand three, two thousand and four. But I think that year he brought a he brought a fresh impetus into it. He brought a couple of younger guys in, which kind of supplemented the uh, the, the 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 core of the team the that were there. That we had. <laughs> <laughs> the, the core of the team that were there at that at that moment and like people forget now but again Dublin had won hadn't won a Leinster championship since since nineteen ninety five so like that mm. seems that seems so far away from where we are now. So it was a huge deal at the time and even coming off from the Leinster Championship like losing to Armagh we could have we could have snuck that match as well and it was just it was just unfortunate we didn't because who knows what might have happened after that then I think just getting to that all on final for, for for that team over the over the coming years after that would have been a huge would have been a huge thing to get that little monkey off the back. Uh, and I suppose at that time, you know, it was followed in 2003 by the uh, under-21 All-Ireland success, which you were captain of that team. And, 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 and it's interesting that, you know, Jim Gavin done a lot of the spade work in respect to that team uh, at that time. Um, I know Tommy Lyons might have been there on the sideline in Navin uh, when it was over, and, and, and a lot of the kudos went his way. But that was probably your first introduction to to Jim Gavin up, at, up in Navan. And could you see at that stage that there was something about Jim that he was going to go on to be a future senior manager? Yeah, I think certainly. Like like I was obviously spent a lot of time with seniors at that stage. But Jim and Declan Darcy were involved with that team, and and both of them had only finished up inter county football. So I think to come out straight out of inter county football and straight into managing coaching a team like that um, showed the commitment they had. And when I look at myself now. Having finished in the county football, could I coach with Dublin Twenty Ones this year? I think I'd 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 find it a struggle. So that shows only when you look back now and you realise the time, the time, and the effort they gave, and certainly they had us well prepared. They had yeah. us well prepared. That was that like it was a, that was a hugely significant moment, though, really, to to win that All Ireland. You know, first under twenty yeah. one All Ireland. You know, against Tyrone. I suppose it, it gave that group huge impetus going forward, which certainly fed into the senior setup. Yeah, no, it certainly did. Um, I think, in fairness, we bet. I think we bet her on by four or five, but we, but we were actually quite comfortable in most of our games that year. So it was like it was a strong team, and a good few lads came through out of that team and the year before when 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 Galway beat us in the All Ireland final came through to play senior football for a long time. Yeah, so I suppose after that, and and we, and we spoke, we had a point before Christmas, and we spoke about uh, two thousand and three, and 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 at the time you were probably young lads yourself, and Barry Cahill and Griff and and and, and Brian Cullen. Um, and you probably weren't aware at the time of the, the, the coup that went on in the background um, in respect of Tommy Lyons following that defeat to our man to 2003 and you weren't aware of anything that was going on at that time? No, no, and I suppose it, 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 
kind of only came out after some guys obviously weren't happy with how with how Tommy was managing the team and um, I suppose every everyone has their own opinion but obviously that didn't help the team going into the, going into the following couple of years and ultimately Tommy paid the price for that in 2004 with two bad a bad defeat in 2003 and a bad defeat in 2004 but from like from the young lads point of view we kind of we were fresh on the scene maybe we didn't uh, maybe it all happened very quickly for us in 2002 and we kind of got it over the line without really knowing what what was involved and I don't think 2003 and 2004 we we can kind of write off in our in our history books yeah it was it was suppose it was interesting at the time that you know you were protected from it I suppose there was a, there was guys that had had a grievance with Tommy at that particular time a lot of them probably weren't playing in the team and there was it probably became a divisive issue in 03 and 04 but I suppose then we move on, I suppose, to Pillar years and, and 2005. Pillar takes over in 2005 and takes the team and, at a low ebb. Um, and I suppose we're, we're, and we're back winning a Leinster title at that stage. And the interesting thing about, I suppose, 2005 was, I suppose, we beat Leash and beat Leash by a point in a, in a Leinster final. And when you contrast that Leinster final and even the one in 02 with the Leinster finals of recent years, mm. you know, th- there's such a differential now in it in terms of what it means to players and what it means to Dublin um, there was can, do you have any sense of the, what, what, what's the key difference like you've, you've experienced it at both ends of the scale you know but 05 was so special but the, but that importance seems to have dwindled over in recent years yeah like I think with anything when you when you win something a number of years in a row it kind of loses significance and you start to look at the bigger prize at that stage the Leinster final was winning the Leinster final was huge for us and huge for that team we'd only won one in 2002 and in, in, in to go to ten years or whatever, and I think I think in fairness, a pillar he he came in, put a very professional setup in, and he went on to win four Leinster championships in a row. And it is is, is and I've said it before, it's, it's like it's a huge regret of mine that us as a team at that stage didn't manage to reach an All Ireland final and and to win one with the likes of likes yourself and Shane Ryan, Collie Moore, and these guys who would plough the furrow for so long. Um, I what's thought that team was good enough to get to an all final. It was good enough, but what did we do wrong? What flaws did well, we have? Well, it's hard enough. Being beaten by Mayo in, in, in 06, I think, when we were 7 up with 20 to go, was was uh, was probably one that, that I can say now I wouldn't have admitted it before, but one that will haunt us forever. Um, like We knew, even playing against the great Tyrone team at that stage, like we were so competitive with them in a couple of games, and only only for a couple of injuries here or there, if we had had a bit, little bit of luck, we could have got over them at one stage as well, and in the course of that four years did did we help ourselves in terms of our public perception did we, did, at the, at, during those years did, did, did we turn a lot of people off the, the Dublin brand per se in, in terms of yeah I don't know I some, think some back, stuff it was, that it went was, on it, like it was a very when I look back now it was a very tight knit group obviously it's easy to criticise afterwards when, when, when the ultimate goal wasn't achieved but at the time we were training very hard. We thought we were doing all the right things. We were prepared. We were prepared very well. Pillar had us prepared very, very well, and and like it was a tight knit group. Um, like we played together, we socialised together. We did did all those good things that you expect the great things, the great teams to do. And just unfortunately, we didn't manage to win one of those to win one of those semi finals to get us to a final again. Like winning a semi final became a bit of a monkey on the back. Like I think I lost. I think I lost four semi finals by. By our five semi-finals, by four and by a point, and one of them by two points before we managed to win an All Ireland semi-final. Four, f- four semi-finals, a loss, I think. Um, so that became a bit of a monkey on the back for us. And 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 even though you try not to think of it, it's always in the back of your mind. God, if I lose another All Ireland semi-final, that's five or six chances to get to an All Ireland mm-hmm. final down to Swanee. So that brought its own pressure, I think. So then, 
2009, Pat Gilroy comes in. First impressions? Yeah, Pat came in with... with, with uh, like he had... He had no agendas. He was going to do what suited him and what suited the team. Um, and I think, in fairness, we we we, we shipped five goals against Mead in two thousand and nine. I think was it two thousand and ten. Um, that was two thousand and ten. Oh, nine. We got hammered by Kerry. So I think Pat tried to make changes after that. Again, we shipped five goals in two thousand and ten. And after that, he dropped four or five of the older guys. Um, we kind of, I think he identified five older guys in the team, which I was one of, our experienced guys, which I was one of, and I think I was the only one to survive after that, after that meet game. Um, so we and made a few changes there. That, that it's a, an interesting time, I suppose. You know, Pat comes in in 2009, and we had the start of Leerwigs, and Kerry ran us out the gate after Kerry struggling through the qualifiers. And 2010, then, you know, you look at that meet game, and, and the five goals shipped, and, and, and a hammering the only Leinster title that hasn't been won. Was it a case of risk reward from Gilroy? Did he? Do you think he took a brave risk in terms of that maybe this team needs to go down the qualifier route? Like, was the preparation good enough for the me game? Because probably after that game, Dublin was it was the lowest ever for Dublin. Crowds kind of turned their back, didn't turn up for games. You know, there was that we saw very low crowds in Croke Park for the next few games. Yeah. What, what, what was it? What did he did he take a huge huge gamble? Was it was he on the crest of? coming under pressure as, as a manager yeah well I think like he dropped four guys after that game um, for the next game 2010 and it was a gamble because when you drop experienced guys if it doesn't go well for you as as maybe Tommy found out in 2003 2004 it, it can't come back to haunt you but I think that team was 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 had been around a little bit at that stage was experienced enough to, to know that we had to knuckle down and um, it was a fairly selfless team as well I think the guys were dropped, took one for the team. They just knuckled down, got back on with their work, and 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 I think obviously we managed to turn around in in two thousand and eleven. I think also as well there was like in those years, Bernard was starting to go very well. So all of a sudden we had a like a really top quality marquee forward that we mm-hmm. mightn't have had in the mid two thousands. Um, Paul Flynn kind of coming into his own, Darren McConley. Mm-hmm. We probably didn't have guys at that. Of that quality, um, mm. playing in the mid two thousands, and that probably have those guys are obviously worth a few scores a game, and that's all that was in mm. the first one we were. So I suppose the the trip through the qualifiers that year, and um, you know, Philly McMahon clearing the ball off against Armagh, which probably you know won by a point, and I suppose that that win was probably significant at the time because Dublin hadn't beaten anybody really outside of Leinster of any significance, and maybe Armagh were on a downward spiral at that stage, but. That kind of got a little bit of momentum back, and and I suppose going into the court game, then the All Ireland semi final, nothing to lose. And as you said, Bernard had had hit fire. You know what I mean? Bernard had had finally come come of age as a county footballer, and you were back again in an All Ireland semi final. Is that one that you? Is that an All Ireland that you feel got away? Yeah, certainly. Um, certainly getting to the final last year. I think Cork played down in the final last year, so we probably would have fancied our chances going in against down. Um, and we were obviously we were four or five up against Cork and probably made a few mistakes again. I suppose we had to learn the hard way again. But I think that's the thing about the qualifiers that and you've seen it happen in the past when a team goes under the radar a little bit, gets a little bit of momentum behind them, and that's what happened for us. All of a sudden, the confidence started to build again. As you say, we bet our man who we'd never beaten. Like I'd never beaten our man in the championship, lost to them two or three times. So that that mm. was a huge notch in the belt for us. But players began. In- began at that stage like they'd kind of come full circle I think it was would it be fair to say there was doubts hanging over Pat Gilroy but they began to believe in in his system of play which you know 
you know, I think Pat took the mantra, you know, that he was going to copy a Tyrone version, and, and for the first time during that period, Dublin played a defensive style of football. Yeah, well, I think the thing about Pat was he, he like, but there was no room for individuals, so either you bought into the team ethos or you just didn't survive. And probably at some stages over the previous 10 years, maybe at times there had been individualism at some stage, and mm. Pat just didn't tolerate that. He got rid of it completely, and I think that really played into the team ethos that he was trying to develop. Um, and Pat was his own man. like He he, he did it the way he wanted to do it, and... It, and he got the message across the guys, and the guys worked really, really hard. We probably go a bit, did go a bit, bit more defensive than we had been in previous years. Like mm. gone were the gung ho attacks where we try and outscore someone or outshoot someone, which which probably hadn't worked for us. We tried to shore up the back, and, and mm. it did work for us. So 2011 then obviously is the is the big year, <laughs> the big breakthrough year, and I suppose that started off with belief, you know, beating Kerry in the national league, and and all of a sudden the momentum from 2010 carried through and. Was there was there was there a sense was there a feeling that something good was coming during that year even you know even throughout the Leinster Championship? Yeah, I think I've, I've always been one to just take each game at a time and like you try not think too far ahead. And we had like I learned that lesson over the years, like particularly against Mayo when we were remember when we were seven up against Mayo and I remember looking at Kevin Bonner and smiling and saying, "This we're home and house here. We're seven up twenty minutes to go. There's no way we can lose this." And, we were thinking of a final. We were thinking of a final yeah, with twenty we minutes to go. We were and bet mentally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's so I think that's what happened us that day and I think we'd we would obviously drilled those lessons home to guys and that kinda helped to get us over the line. And the Tyrone game obviously you know, there'd been huge battles with Tyrone over the years. There was oh five, there was the Battle of Alma, which you bloody started and, <laughs> and, 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 and I got the blame. Um, we all got suspended out of that. But obviously the Tyrone game, um that that in 2011, 22 points to 15, probably one of the most complete performances of a Dublin team in terms of just hit the ground running that day and absolutely blitzed around. Probably the margin didn't do do it even justice. Um, but was I, I, I assume coming off after that game, there was a bit of a weight off the shoulders in terms of we've taken out a big team. We now have the belief we can now push on. Yeah, I think probably in fairness to Tyrone, that team probably wasn't as strong as they had been two or three years previous, but it was still a huge, huge win for us. And we knew we were going to have to beat a team of that ilk at some stage to win in All Ireland, and that gave us huge confidence. I, th- uh, I think Dermot Connolly kicked seven points that day, so, so yeah, no, it was, it was, was it, it was one I'd remember with fond, fond, fond memories. And then obviously the day to change football, um, Donegal, uh, surreal sort of day, surreal sort of atmosphere. Um, Donegal came to do a job um, you know we all remember it 8 points to 6 how was it to be in that environment that day in terms of to play in the inside forward line and to be smothered by bodies and frustrated and forced into kind of bad shot options and stuff like that something that we had never experienced in our game before what what was your underlying feeling coming out of that game obviously delighted to be in an All-Ireland final but was there were you yeah. frustrated? Were you annoyed? Uh, yeah, like I think Pat spoke about starting earwigs against Kerry and on I think at half time in that Donegal match we, we we didn't know what was going on. We knew that they would be defensive, but we never expected anything the way it was and it was it was horrible to play against and I'm sure it is like it still is horrible to play against when you have to when you have to play against that style. But I think at half time we out we were experienced enough at that stage that we knew we just had to we just had to get over the line here. And but in fairness, Donegal had a goal chance. Conor McFadden had a goal chance just after half time. He 
put it over the bar when if he had got a goal at that stage I think we would have been five down and it would have been a long way back from five down so it's on small things like that games can change and in fairness we just we just dug it out in the end it wasn't what, a what, day. what, what was said at half time in that match what, where like how, how did Pat go about it at half time we what? just had to be patient I think we were we were forcing stuff in the first half we, I had a couple of shots I remember that that probably weren't on and you were starting to get frustrated guys were starting to that guys were starting to argue with each other so I think it was just about being patient and trying to make some space to try to get some decent shots off and like in fairness I think in the second half we controlled we controlled the, the ball a lot better than we had done in the first half mm. um, and like it was it was a so it was nothing uh, like it was me, it was nothing mind blown tactical. It was about just retaining possession and yeah. waiting for the opportunities, for the opportunities and, and, for and me not shooting it was, from it was it was a game that didn't suit me. I didn't enjoy it at all. Still wouldn't enjoy playing against a blanket defence like that, but like our Ireland semi finals we lost four or five of them, so for us it was just all about winning, it didn't matter how we did it. Mm. So then I suppose the big day arrives in two thousand eleven. Um and up against Kerry, I suppose, who had had the Kind of, I know the upper hand on Dublin in Championship football for an over over a thirty year period. Uh, I suppose what was what was the build up to the first All Ireland final like for you? Yeah, obviously, like it was huge. We were trying to stay out of limelight, keep the focus down, just like it was any other game. Um, but we knew in the back of our minds it was a huge game. And for me personally, I was twenty nine hitting thirty at that stage. So you didn't know if this opportunity was going to come round again. Um, but we had to go out and just play it like it was any other game. And look, looking back, that that game could have went anyway in the end. Like it's 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 very small margins to find games like that. But like I think we played well. We started very well. I got a couple of scores in the first few minutes. I actually had a goal chance after about ten minutes that I think would have put us would have put us one two to nothing up. And Brendan Keeley made a great save. Um, but uh, I suppose then in the end, the way it ended up and was I suppose four points down, six minutes to go. What was the underlying feeling at that stage? You know, and I know you know when you when you look at the the small margins and you look at I suppose Jerry Brennan coming out of the defence and t- get pushing over Donny and all of a sudden it's a it's a throw up ball and it should have been a free and you're thinking this could go against Dublin and Eamon knocks it down to yourself and all of a sudden Kev Mack has the ball in the back of the net um I you know at that stage when that went when he rattled the net that day do you believe it was it was it was your day? Yeah, I suppose with with, with maybe fourteen or fifteen minutes left left it was starting to look bleak particularly against a team like Kerry that are so good at controlling a game and finishing out a game like um, I think when they look back at that now that's the thing that frustrates the most is that they are strong at finishing games like that holding on to leads but we just did what we always did what we talk about we kept chasing we kept har- kept harrying and we got one break out in, out in the middle of the field where I think Killian Young gave the ball away we got a hand on it and Keno Sullivan got a free and popped it to me and Kev Mack finished it very well, and from that stage on, I knew we were on a, I knew we were on an upward curve. Even though Kieran Donny did kick it, a brilliant score to equalise it. Um, I think Bernard got a great score to put us one up as well. Um, that was always the great thing about Bernard when you needed to score most, he'd, he'd always come up with something, and like that was particularly such a highly pressurised situation. And I suppose that feeling, that elation. When that final whistle goes, you know, and and I know myself, I had to leave straight away to head back to the Sunday game studio. So I'm walking down Clonleaf Road, I'm physically sick, and I'm not out on the pitch. And but that that elation for that that five ten minute period that you you want to soak up. If you like, if you have you good memories of that in terms of this this the holy grail of we finally got there. What was the what was what was the what was the overriding feeling? Yeah, it was just brilliant. But I think there was 
for myself and probably for some of the others, there was a there was a bit of sense of relief as well that we'd finally obviously there was the elation and stuff, but I, the, but for me there was a little little sense of relief as well that we'd finally that we'd finally gotten her over the line. Um, and I think probably everyone had that little sense of thank God we got here and we've managed to win. If we had to go through another year of that again, God knows what it might have done to us. Because I suppose it was the first All Ireland medal. You, you had told your your dad as a young lad you'd win three or four, hadn't you? So <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was the first step. But I suppose the end of the year, Player of the Year. That was that like I know an individual award, but you know still a huge honour uh, and picked picked up another All Star. Yeah, and no, I was very special, particularly the year Dublin won the All Ireland. Um, and I suppose the ten years or eleven years that had gone in previously, it was like it was very special. But obviously, it was about winning the All Ireland medal for uh, for Dublin. And that's that's what mattered most. So I suppose after that, then it's you know you're pushing on twelve and thirteen, and both years probably riddled with injuries. I suppose, and and you managed to get back. I suppose in two thousand and fourteen. But is 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 it at during those two years? Did you feel that you did reach the end of the road? Was there a time when you felt, you know, I'm going to pack this in? I never felt like I pack it in, but I probably I, I I'd. I'd put so much into the years up to t- 2011 that maybe it started it started to take its toll on the body in 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 2012. Um, I tore me groin. I tried to play on, which is probably a mistake. Um, looking back now, I probably probably should have just stepped out and given up on that year because it wasn't right. And like it took me took me a good while in 2013 to get it right again. But it was funny enough. I was towards the start of August in 2013. I started to come good and actually. Um, thought I was in pretty good shape coming into an coming into the All Ireland semi final, but then I tore my uh, tore tore my hamstring in a in a in a training drill about two or three weeks before the All Ireland semi final. So that put me back another month. Um, and who knows? I didn't play that year. Obviously, I was on the bench for the final, but I thought I was going pretty well coming into a semi final. And maybe if I had been fit for that, might have played. Could have impact. So I suppose Jim Jim the final. Jim Gavin, as we know, was in situ in two thousand thirteen. I suppose. A lucky general, a good general, or a great general. How would you describe him? Ah, he's a good Jim is a good manager, there's no doubt about it. Um he has got a strong team at his disposal at the moment, but but like he's very organised. Um, what what what, are, what, what strengths does he bring? Well. What, what strengths does he bring to the table? What's what's I think he's making guys compete so hard for, for for positions that 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 is just bringing up the level the team is playing at. Um I think they're very tactically organised now after two thousand after two thousand and fourteen, losing the semi final to Donegal, Jim probably had to reassess himself how he was managing the team and how he was setting the team up. And I think since then, the team has become a lot more structured, a lot more organised, a lot more harder to break down. And they have the firepower up front to beat most, if not all, teams. And that that two thousand and fourteen Donegal game, which again I suppose is famous in its own right. What lessons did he learn? What went wrong that day? Were were, were Dublin do too complacent? I don't think it was a complacency thing. I was just think it was how we set up. Like we thought we could outscore. We thought we could outscore anyone in a shootout. And Donegal, I suppose, just sucked us into a trap. And obviously, they got the three goals in the break, which which uh, which we just couldn't get back from. Um, I don't think it was complacency at all. I think we scored. I think we might have scored twenty points that day or twenty one points. I think if I recall correctly, um, which isn't a bad score in any All Ireland final. But obviously, when you're conceding three seventeen, doesn't stack up. So. I think just leaving ourselves too open it was very simple we knew afterwards we just had left ourselves too exposed at the back and how how did he deal with the fallout from that what what did he do differently straight away in, in terms of getting a right for, for 2015 
I think we set up differently the next year. Um, we kept more men at the back. I think the players, everyone took responsibility for us. There was no point in the finger at Jim. You set us up this way, so it's your fault. Everyone knew that. And in fairness, when we look back now, maybe it's something we should have seen. We knew how Donegal were going to play. We knew they liked to play in the break, particularly against us. So maybe we should have envisioned that. Um, we thought we'd go with a what we call what we call in basketball a full a full court press on them and maybe put them under so much pressure at the back that they just can't get out. But when they have guys with the pace they had at that stage, likes a likes a Ryan McHugh, Rory Cavanagh, these guys, once they get a run on you, it, it's uh, it's very hard to stop them. When you reflect on the dressing room at that's you know post two thousand and fourteen, and you compare it to the dressing room you came into, I suppose in two thousand one, in terms of the preparation, in terms of the standards, in terms of the level of detail. Um, where have the most radical changes been? I think certainly in the gym, um, there's been huge changes f- from when I started. Like nutrition was always there. In fairness, in the thousand two, we always looked at nutrition. We sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we went to McDonald's <laughs> on a Monday after matches. But <laughs> we were, no, you did. Even, you and you and Sherlock did. Even that stuff now. Um, <laughs> like I think from from like, like how how players um, socialise now is completely different like we obviously used to enjoy Mondays after games those days those days are gone so um, yeah no, the, level, the level of detail I suppose within the dressing room environment and the level of analysis and you know, I suppose the tactical involvement of the game has, has that changed a hell of a lot or you, you well, know I think is something I think the likes of Tyrone and Armagh Donegal later on they changed the way other teams had to play football because it didn't it didn't suit just to go man on man to so we had to change. We had to leave a sweeper back or you had to leave a couple of men back at the back. So that Dublin were forced to change because of that. Otherwise, we would have ended up being better again. Um, obviously, stats teams and stuff have more resources at their disposal now. I think we always recorded stats. We always looked at that sort of thing. Um, obviously, it's gone to a higher level now. The video work is, is, is very advanced now compared to compared to where it was. Like On a Monday after a game, we can log on to a laptop and we can see all our own plays. Like So that that information is nearly available to you instantly, and that that again brings the level of uh, brings the level of preparation, the level you're playing that up again. Mm. And uh, commitment-wise, obviously, you know, 2000 end of 2014, you've family at home, um, Lydia's at home. You're you're under pressure. It's 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 a difficult it's a difficult environment, I suppose, to to, to balance. Um, did you think about going? Yeah, I did. I did. I certainly did. And I suppose I had a chat with Jim after that, and. I said I go again. I don't. Um, I didn't come back until probably the end of March or whatever. So Jim, like in fairness to him, was he appreciates the demands of that that a family bring, that a job brings. So he was very flexible with that, and I think that's important for every for managers all over the country to realise that guys do have other stuff going on, and that that it can't just be all about all about playing football as much as when I was in my mid-twenties that's all that mattered but um, so he struck he struck a, a balance switch in terms of yeah he did he did in fairness to him and even even during the year then if there was if there was times I couldn't make it or was something going on like there was never a problem as long as, uh, as it was within reason and there was a level of trust there as well that if I mm. said I had to do something um, Jim trusted me and the rest of the lads trusted me and there's other guys in that situation now Dennis Bastic obviously has has family at home now as well, so um, I think it's been very fair to him as well. So I suppose the finale year, 2015, um, there was obviously a determination to finish on a high, and it all went according to plan. 
would you have liked to got more game time? Did you felt felt you were in a position to start? Yeah, I think at certain stages throughout the year. Um, sure, after the Leinster semi final, I think uh, Kevin Kevin Mack got dropped. I think and. I'd say it was probably be sit between myself, myself or Paddy Andrews to play, and he picked Paddy Andrews to play, and I thought I was going particularly well at the time, so uh, thought I could have got in there. But as it turned out, obviously, Paddy had a great year, and um, I suppose then I came to realise that I was going to be coming off the bench. And I never, I never got annoyed about it. Um, I knew I just had the same as everyone else was doing. I had to do my bit for the team when I was asked. Ah, I didn't on, you did a bit of a hinge <laughs> 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 I never expected any did. special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't expect any special treatment. I was training as hard as I could. Thought, it, but like I genuinely thought it was going well enough that 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 I could have played at some stage. Um, and then I suppose in a couple of the games I came on made a bit of a difference. And like in the final, but I, I thought it would have been on before before the 66 minute but I suppose that's the way it goes I ran up and down past him so many times I thought he would have had to put him on <laughs> trying to get in his own eye yeah. but obviously you know it made a significant impact off the bench you know in the Leinster Championship and obviously in the in the two Mayo games and as you said 66 minutes but I suppose those those five last five six minutes were, were special in their own right you know Um to kick that final score, you know, um, I suppose Kerry had a goal chance, and I saw it probably the first time I ever saw you picking up the ball in the full <laughs> back line. <laughs> I don't know what you were doing back there, but and then straight down the pitch, and you know, you had men either side of you. Were you always going to shoot, or or was it just that it opened up and the Kerry f- f- defenders dropped off you? Yeah, I think it just opened up. Actually, Dermot Connolly was coming alongside me, flying beside me. So my intention, like I carried the ball for a while, and my intention was to slip it off to him, but. As he was running past me, I was looking at him and he never even looked at me. So that led me to believe that he was knackered at that <laughs> stage as well. So it was more he said to me afterwards, that was a decoy run I was making. I didn't want it. So yeah, it just opened up. And well, the day that I was in it, it was probably, I was right on the edge of my range. Uh, I was probably 30 or 35 yards out in those in those wet conditions. And I just caught it, like I caught it as sweet as I ever caught any shot off my left foot. And, um, like I suppose in hindsight, to play four minutes and for it to finish like that was... Huge was a perfect end, and so maybe yeah. Jim knew. <laughs> maybe that's what he tells me. <laughs> but I suppose this and brought down the curtain on a fantastic career, I suppose. Um, and you know, to win the three All Irelands and the three All Stars. And would you have any regrets? No, I don't have any regrets. Uh, maybe as I said before, like not reaching an All Ireland before we did, playing with the likes yourself, J.O., Shane Ryan, Collie Moore, and David Henry, Paul Griffin, these guys are not reaching an All Ireland final with that, with that team that was kind of the nucleus of 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 the guys I played with for so long. Was uh, if I had a regret, that would be it. Um, kind of in two thousand and eleven, there was kind of a, like it was a new team at that stage. I suppose not not reaching an All Ireland final with Pillar's team would be would be, one, would one be if I had a regret. And right. for Pillar as well, like I think Pillar came in, he did a great job. Um, um, had us very well organised. It was a very professional setup, and I think we were unlucky not to get there under. And I suppose one thing that's always been close to your heart has been Oliver Plunkett's. And I suppose you've always been a loyal club footballer. Three county finance down through the years, I suppose, all near misses. Yeah, yeah, I suppose with the team we've had for like for the last number of years, we probably would have been expected to win a county final at this stage. And like we've had our chances, in fairness, we've we've. We've been coming down the home straight in, 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 in county finals and it being within our reach and we just haven't managed to get over the line. But 
look, I suppose that's uh, that's football. So we just have to keep going back to the well. And, and which which one of them sticks out? Is the is the Croaks try, game uh, that the, or the or, or the Bridget's game where you were strong favourites going into it? Or yeah, which, I suppose which the one sticks in the gut. Yeah, this was the Crows game we had. Um, we lost after replay in the first game. We definitely had chances Chance to win it. In the end, yeah. I think Bernard kicked se- seven or eight points that day, so he was really on fire at that stage and um, probably should have won that game in the first game. Probably didn't deserve to win the second game. Um, then against Bridges, our, 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 our local rivals in 2011, um, it would have looked like we were we were very strong going into that team. But I think... We probably suffered a bit of a hangover coming out from the from the uh, literally suffered a bit of a hangover coming out from Dublin winning the All Ireland probably didn't help us. Um, right. But it must be, I suppose, huge to 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 play. I suppose you've been lucky to play with Bernard, and and there was something always instinctive there between the two years on on the county field. You know, when Bernard arrived on the scene in two thousand and ten, I suppose a lot of the other forwards probably didn't get a pass the ball for a couple <laughs> of years. But it must be a huge honour to. Uh, you know, to play with your two brothers on on a club scene and and to have, I suppose, that opportunity. And it's not all gone, I suppose. You'd be hoping to give it a another rattle this year. Yeah, yeah. No, we're still going. We're still trying our best, and I think that's all we can do. Like as our, our as look, I can't give out about how my football career has gone. Like there's lots of people would love to be in the position I was, and I've like I've been very privileged to play with Dublin for 14 years. I've been like I played in three county finals, and like you get your chance, you need to you know yourself in sport. When you get the chance, you need to take it. So. I don't have any. I don't have any regrets from that point of view, and we'll say we'll we'll give it another crack this another year. Another this year. So, what does the future hold? Coaching interests, management yeah. interests. I don't know. It's hard to know. When I look at when I look at the time and effort that Jim Gavin puts in now, I'm not sure if it's something that 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 really appeals to me. It's obviously a highly pressurised job. The way it's gone now, it's either winning all Ireland or or or, or the years of failure. Um, uh, I'll probably get involved in the coaching at some stage. Certainly, yeah. Um. Better do you have another Jamie? Yeah, the under-7s down at Plunkett, yeah. <laughs> Best of um, luck with that one, that's all I say to you. That's the hardest part of coaching is when you get under a group of under-5s, I tell you it's the hardest group age group ever. Yeah, I'm in the midst of that at the moment. So, look, we'll see. I've no, I've no real plans at the moment. Just kind of enjoying a bit of time off, enjoying the club football at the moment. Like, it's always something. And that was a big part of me retiring this year was I wanted to go back to the club when I was still when I was still fit and able to play and maybe give that a year or two where, where I could give a where I could give it a proper commitment. Mm. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for putting a name on this uh, first Dublin GA podcast. <laughs> but uh, it was great to look back over a fantastic career and wish you the very best in retirement. Thanks, Willow. Thanks.